Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Max Olson, TheAthletic.com, has nothing to do with the transfer portal, the NIL, all of what's going on with the NCAA, and yes, eventually, football games starting this weekend, eventually the semifinals. Max, have you ever seen so many things converge at one time? Oh, gosh, don't even ask me about the NCAA stuff, please. I, I literally <laughs> do not have time for that today, guys. <laughs> literally. What we, now? We, you won't, know? we won't. Has there anything in particular... <laughs> Anything in particular with the transfer portal surprised you with a player going one place or another? You know, I I, I think that uh, you're, you're starting to see the quarterback market uh, shake out a little bit here. Um, you know, I you obviously saw Malik Murphy going yesterday uh, for, for Texas. He's not officially in yet, but everyone's kind of expecting that. You know, I think it's kind of decision time for some of the key guys out there. I think Cameron Ward what he decides to do between, you know, Miami, Florida State, whoever else ends up being in the mix there, that's going to affect where, where Will Howard ends up and, and DJ and some of these other guys. Um, you know, I, I think it, we're, it's, while it's still early, I think as the commitments kind of start flying in here over the past few days, you're starting to see a few teams really emerge as, as uh, the contenders for, uh, I guess you'd say, Portal King this year. Been really impressed by what Notre Dame's done, uh, not just getting Riley Leonard, but, but picking up, uh, good pieces of wide receiver, R.J. Oben from Duke. Um, you know, I, I, I think they're doing a nice job. They've been pretty aggressive. I, I think you're seeing Ole Miss is about to make a run here um, and and pick up some really good players. Like some of these teams, Ole Miss, Oregon, Texas, Oklahoma, I think you're really seeing them step up here, and uh, they are, they're definitely invested in getting the good ones in the portal here. I, I really like what Texas Tech has done, too. I think there's some, some big 12 teams that have a chance to really benefit and I think Texas Tech is off to a really sneaky good start here with some of the players they're picking up. But, uh, man, it is it is dizzying to follow, that's for sure. Max, uh, Cam Ward uh, visiting FSU this weekend. So is DJ Uyangalale. Uh He's there yeah. uh, as well. Um, let's, let's just say Cam Ward uh, takes another visit or two. How much does that push those guys waiting on whether – 
you know, if they're option two to Cam Ward, like a like a Will Howard might be at Miami, to waiting or making a decision sure. otherwise. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's an interesting little bit like a little dance that we got here, especially because um, one factor that is kind of hanging over all of this is that when the dead period kicks in here um, next Monday, these these transfers they can't go take a bunch of official visits. That you know you can go take the unpaid visit where you go to our campus by yourself. But this is kind of the critical weekend here for these guys to take their OVs between now and uh, early January. And so, um, you know, I think for the, on, on the school side, as much as you want to be in the Cam Ward sweepstakes, it's kind of like, all right, we, we're going to need a decision here pretty quickly because like, if you're Miami and you've got Will Howard, like ready, potentially, like, do you take that commitment or you kind of keep, keep fighting here? Um, I think same thing with Florida state. Obviously, they've targeted DJ from the start since DJ went in the portal. And so while it's exciting to go head-to-head with Miami on this one, um, yeah, I think these are all pretty interconnected here, and it's time for these guys to make decisions. And if Cam Ward wants to take his time, I think that's going to make it complicated for, for some of these players. And as much as you understand Cam Ward like, you know, wanting to maximize the leverage and, and whatever the collectives are willing to pay and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, you got to – these teams are kind of waiting on you to uh, to make a move so they can go get uh, get more players in the portal here, and others can figure it out. So yeah, it's, it's that that game of musical chairs is is pretty real at that position, and uh, I think we're going to start getting some answers here pretty soon. So with all these dominoes starting to fall, Max, so what are your thoughts on Malik Murphy joining the fray just yesterday? I mean, it's interesting just from a playoff standpoint, right, that he won't be available for Texas. It'll be Arch if if something yeah. God forbid were to happen to Quinn, but now throwing his hat into the ring. Would you presume that maybe he kind of already has an idea of what chair is still available, or how do you view Malik Murphy now jumping into the into the pool? Yeah, you know, first of all, I think that whole situation is unfortunate. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I think that, that that really sucks for both sides. That, you, like, you kind of get it. This is the way the calendar is set up right now. Um, but you wish that Malik Murphy could stay with Texas and just wait and do this um, after Texas is, is done playing in the postseason. And so. I get why, um, you know, there's a bunch of different factors for him and his people that, that he's got away here. But uh, you, you wish that weren't the case when Texas is trying to make a run in the national championship. You know, I think Malik Murphy, it's interesting when you talk to personnel people on him. I think that going into the year, a lot of excitement, a guy that they really circled as somebody that is probably going in the portal and, and is going to get some pretty strong offers here. Um, I think what he put on tape against Texas was maybe – or what he put on tape in his two starts for Texas, I think maybe a little bit of a, I don't want to say reality check, but just like a, a pretty good good summary of like where he's at. He made some big time throws in those games against BYU, Kansas State. Um, he, he made some mistakes against K-State in that game that went to overtime. Obviously they won both those games and, and he deserves a ton of credit for keeping them in the race. But I think teams are going to be very excited about the size, the big arm, the tools, just the potential there and the fact that He's still a redshirt freshman. You can get a multi-year starter there. Um, where he goes, I think it's super interesting because I think there's a few teams here that have been pretty quiet lately. I think, you know, you talk to other people that are in the quarterback market, they want to know what Ohio State's going to do, and they want to know what USC's going to do. And I think Auburn's been quiet, even though I think Auburn's in the mix here too, like in the market. Some of these teams that you're kind of wondering, like, like, wait, who's their guy? Who You know, when you're kind of playing matchmaker here. Hard to tell what they're going to do, and I think Malik Murphy is going to be getting calls from from those schools and, and plenty more. So, Max, uh, Dylan Riola was in the news this week because the, the five-star commitment to Georgia, apparently visiting Lincoln. Nebraska yep. was talking to Kyle McCord. That appears to be now off. 
Uh, are they going to screw this up and end up with nobody, including their commitment, the kid from Nebraska that was committed to Missouri? I thought you were going to ask me, is Nebraska back? No. <laughs> that was going to be my question. No. That, no. We're, asking, we're going to say that one for next week. Okay, yeah. got it. Um, I, I think no, – Come on. I, I think Help. that the yeah. – I, I think that uh, things ending there with Kyle McCord is uh, kind of tips things a little bit in terms of like probably hinting that things are looking good for Dylan Raiola in Nebraska. Okay. Um, you know, I certainly don't blame Danny Kalin for, for taking the visit to Michigan State this weekend and – trying to figure out his options because when, when you're in the same class as a kid and, you know, if Dylan Riley were to come to Nebraska, everybody would want him to be the guy and the starter right away and stuff. I think that factors into all these decisions for the Nebraska quarterback situation, not to mention the guys that are already in the room. So I, I think, you know, cautious optimism, it's, it's looking good for Nebraska with Dylan Riola. Obviously you're going head to head with Georgia. And uh, I, I think that that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's never an easy W by any means, but, um, extremely interesting that this has popped up as we approach the signing day deadline here. Um, ultimately, did Dylan Riola always want to be at Nebraska, or is it more a situation of, you know, Carson Beck probably coming back at Georgia? I mm-hmm. feel like there's a better path to playing time there, uh, you know, but by going to your dad's alma mater. You know, that, that battle, um, it, <laughs> I think if you're a Husker fan, you're very optimistic, um, but, but – Probably uh, probably a little scary, too, the, the fact that this might actually happen. Especially if he's using them to get more money from Georgia. That that might be it, too. Yeah. Well, who, who knows? Who knows? We're, we're, these, are, uh, these are wild times. But Max, oh, so do you think that Nebraska would still get a portal quarterback, just maybe not somebody to the level of Cal McCord, if they do um, proceed with Raiola in that way? <laughs> I, I think at the going, you know, at the start of December, I think the Nebraska perspective was we're going to get a, a transfer quarterback and uh, we can afford a good one. Um, you, you knew that Jeff Sims was going to be moving on. Obviously, that didn't work out, um, and they needed to go get one who they felt like, especially with the defense that they have, that um, you know, if you go get a pretty pretty steady quarterback who doesn't turn it over, they have a chance to win a lot more games next year. I, don't, I think the whole Dylan Riola, that whole thing restarting was not something that was really anticipated by Matt Rule and his staff a couple of weeks ago. But uh, now that that door is open again, um, you know, I, I think that uh, he's extremely talented. And I think, obviously, the fan base wants that to happen. You, you, it's kind of one of those situations where it's like drop everything you're doing and go all in on this. I think that's kind of what this has turned out to be. So if you get him on board, it's going to affect the other guys in your room. And, and yeah, you're probably going to have to go uh, find a veteran who can uh, come in and uh, – uh, you know, fill out that room. But, yeah, a lot to play out there. Max, uh, one of the decisions that has been made, there's a, a lot. We could spend all day just talking about the decisions already made, uh, much less the ones that haven't yep. been made. But uh, Dylan Gabriel heading to his third school, uh, playing for yep. the Oregon Ducks, replacing Bo, Bo Nix. So what are your thoughts on that move? I, I think that uh, – I think it makes a lot of sense on both sides. Um, and, and I don't think – like, I, I think it, it certainly seems to me like Oklahoma fans are excited for the Jackson Arnold era to get underway here as much as Dylan Gabriel was, you know, the All-Big 12 quarterback this year and had his best season and everything, um, I think it's kind of a good deal for both sides. Because I think, you know, and Dylan Gabriel has said this, the the reality of the situation is he didn't get invited to the Senior Bowl. I think the draft feedback was late-round pick or possibly undrafted, as good as he was this year. And so that's a little bit scary for a guy that, uh, you know, even though he's been in college for a long time, you get that kind of feedback after having your best season yet. You're like, okay, well, we probably 
got to do something to improve that. And, and certainly you can make more money at Oregon next year than, than you would as a practice squad guy in the NFL. So I think it's, it makes a ton of sense for Dylan Gabriel. And he's really, I think, the right fit for this Oregon team because I think they feel like they've got a lot coming back. And look, they might still go get Dante Moore to be the backup and, and be the future guy. But that, I think that's a team that, that didn't want to go take a guy who's a, a freshman or a sophomore and kind of develop multi-year starter. I think they feel like even though they're moving into the Big Ten and there's new challenges with that, I think they feel ready, like they're, they're ready to, to run it back here and contend uh, for, for a playoff spot next year in the 12 team. And so you want to go get a veteran who you really trust can, can do it at a high level to replace Bo Nix. And I think Dylan Gabriel is kind of a perfect, uh, perfect option there if that's what you're trying to do. Max, is the schedule of the early signing day, the opt-outs, the transfer portal, and everything else above, plus the 12-team playoff starting next year, sustainable? No, definitely not. No, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause problems. You, you think about it like, you know, Willie Fritz takes the Houston job this year. If Tulane's like the 12th seed in, in that playoff, is he just like stuck in that job? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, mm-hmm. how, does the, how is the timing going to work on, on, on some of these, even just with the coaching carousel? And our guy is going to be like willing to leave, you know, willing to leave their job when the team's in the playoffs to go take another job. Like we saw Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame for LSU. Like it's hard to, hard to picture that, but it's not, not impossible. I think that you've got that problem. I think you've got, you know, ultimately as, as December just continues to get absolutely dominated by the transfer portal, something that's great for high school recruiting. And I think ultimately like it should, if, if the leaders are being forward thinking, I think it's time to start t- talking a little bit more seriously about do you do like an end of July signing period and just let these guys get it out of the way and then have another one in February or something like that. Cause I just don't think the December signing period is, uh, I, I, I think that is, is making less, less and less sense the way this is developed. And I mean, you know, you've got, you've got coaching staff that are traveling to both sites while also trying to like take commitments from the portal and do in homes and stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. really chaotic. And uh, I think the 12 team is uh, is going to make that worse for sure. Max Olson, Paul, anything else? Uh, yeah. No, no uh, other than, uh, you know, Max. If Paul, it, Paul, which quarterback do you want at Florida State? Yeah. Cam, Cam Ward without a doubt? Yeah, I would say Cam. Like, I wouldn't Like, I'm not going to complain about either one, but Cam Ward would be the one, you know, I think he's got the higher – ceiling you know and and i hope that he's not the kind of guy that's just swayed by having dinner at a fancy restaurant with a with a big time rapper. Ross, the boss yeah yeah like I don't, I don't know i don't know what fsu can roll out in that room I mean, we got t-pain so maybe we can get t-pain so t-pain okay that's that's a good offering yeah it's uh it's, it's wild to just even keep up with like where are these guys even visiting because these things just develop so quickly and uh I don't know. Do, you, do we even know who, who's the Baylor quarterback next year? Well, I guess we'll know they, they, a week or two from now, right? Yeah. Do we even know? Daquan Finn's on campus right now, yeah, so yeah, or yeah. we think. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably if not, if it's not him, then uh, well, who the heck knows? I, if it's not him, then I'm not sure. I, if they didn't call at least whoever's handling Malik Murphy, that would be silly not to. I mean, I think they should at least contact him, whether or not that fits or not, or he's interested or not. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 funny. That, that, I, I mean. I don't envy that situation for, for staff to get that job. And before you even really assess your roster and what you're going to do, you're just like, all right, go get a quarterback. So well, uh, I'm interested to see kind of, you know, certainly you can tailor it to some of these guys. Like like Finn is a really dynamic athlete, and I think he can tailor things to what he does a little bit. But, uh, yeah, very, very, 
very up in the air there in terms of uh, offensive identity when you don't have the QB yet. Yeah, I mean, well, on that, I mean, it does seem now, I guess, like it was about two weeks ago, but shoot, Blake Shapin, I mean, he, to, to Mississippi State, uh, small world that he ends yeah. up with Jeff Levy, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that seems like it was forever ago, but shoot, uh, what are your thoughts on Blake Shapin heading down to Starkville to play for Jeff Levy? How, how many, I, I was just writing about uh, Will Howard earlier today, how many, like, quarterbacks that have played in Big 12 title games have transferred? That's those two, Spencer Sanders, like the yeah. list goes on. It's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that that, you know, especially with kind of the way this market is setting up um, and, and you kind of know which guys are in, but you don't totally know who all is going in. I thought it was interesting that Jeff Levy moved pretty quickly to go get who he thinks is his guy. I, I think the thing with Shapin is uh, just in talking to other coaches, like really, really like his moxie. I think his good football, like his good tape is pretty good. Um, and I think, you know, certainly that offensive system, like it, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that, you know, that, that, that offense comes together because uh, they've lost a lot to the portal, as you'd expect after uh, a coaching change, they're running back. Woody Marks is, is one of the top running backs available in the portal. They've lost some wideouts. So, you know, Jeff Levy facing, facing a big reload there in terms of getting playmakers uh, to support uh, Blake Shapin. So, you know, I, I think fresh start, probably a good thing for him, but uh you know, very TBD in terms of who he's playing with there. Max, great stuff as always. Thank you, sir. We appreciate your time. Thank you. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.